Hello, 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 and welcome to the Health and Wellness Connection. It's your host, Dr. B here, and I thank you for coming back and listening to us for another exciting episode. Um, the Health and Wellness Connection is a show designed to really bring you some of the more compelling topics in the health and wellness arena. Um, first off, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to our last week's show. We had a real strong feedback, and we'll be sure to bring you more exciting episodes with other exciting guests in the near future. But today's show is going to be more on a somber note. We're talking about opiates. With the recent deaths of many celebrities and many other high-profile people, opiates have really come right back into the mainstream as really being one of those those drugs that are really ravaging um, communities all across America and the world for that matter. But before we get to the meat and potatoes of today's show, let's really do the uh, typical advertising shout-outs. First and foremost, I want to thank uh, everyone for tuning in on iTunes. Please go on iTunes now and Google uh, or check out, or sorry, search on iTunes, the Health and Wellness Connection, and subscribe. Also, we appreciate a five-star review as it helps the uh, show's profile boost on the iTunes rankings. Secondly, SoundCloud.com backslash health, sorry, HWC Connection is where you can find us on SoundCloud. Now, this is where, um, if you want some of the most up-to-date and current information, regarding the show it's going to be on soundcloud so please go on soundcloud follow us check us out we we'll really appreciate it thirdly facebook.com backslash next level weight loss a lot of cool articles we post uh, great information also this posted there as well so if you want more information and more exciting links to some of the articles we quote here during our show please check us out on facebook and lastly instagram dr barry mds where you can find me Definitely um, shout, reach out to me there if you have any questions or have any topics you may want to explore. And of course, last but certainly not least, if you want to check us out live, check us out newest shows live Thursdays, 4 p.m. Central Standard Time on AfroVibesRadio.com. You can also get their app on the Play Store and Google Play. And sorry, the iTunes Store. It's called the AfroVibes Radio app. All right, now back to the show topic. We're actually going to talk about opiates today and with the recent deaths of many uh, high-profile celebrities, opiates have really taken a, a mainstream kind of focus because it's really a significant epidemic that's going on currently in today's society. So the sobering reality is that opiates are truly devastating the, uh, the populace, especially in America, but also throughout the world. Now, we actually have some articles that recently were published by the... Uh, an, out, an outfit that's actually designed to monitor opiate usage and prescribing um, patterns all across the United States. And it really revealed some very concerning things regarding uh, prescription use and prescription um, abuse, you could say, in, in America. First and foremost, it's believed that 63,632 people have died from an overdose of different drugs in 2016. And it's believed that of those 63,000 people who died, 42,000 of those deaths were from opioids. That's over two-thirds. So a significant number of people who are dying today are dying specifically due to opiates, which is really shocking when you compare that during the Vietnam War, only a total of 47,000 people died from 64 to 75. So literally, in one year, we've eclipsed the amount of Americans who've died in an entire war, which took over, which took over almost nine years. Or sorry, I should say 11 years. So it's really baffling that opiates, 
you know, have been allowed to go this far unchecked as far as their availability to the American public. But that's not all. It's believed that over 351,000 Americans have died from opiate overdose since 99, which is believed to be far more than those who died in World War II, as far as American soldiers anyway. Even HIV for that matter. During the peak of the HIV epidemic, 50,000 people were believed to have died. That was in 95, which is considered the peak. Now the number is a lot lower, but still. 50,000 people died. However, today, again, sorry, 2016, 42,000 people died from opioid overdose alone. So opioid overdose is nearly approaching HIV in 1995, which right back then it was essentially considered uncurable. So it's really, really shocking when you think about the, the impact that opioids are having on the American public. So because of this, it seems like there's a lot of confusion out there as far as opioids and how to use them and what they're about. And hopefully we're going to shed some light on opioids and, you know, the reason why they're so, so devastating the communities out here. Now, even though we quoted these numbers, it's, it's really obvious that opioids have pretty much affected everyone at this point. If I know me personally, um, I was a huge fan of, as a Houstonian, I was a huge fan of the Houston rap scene. And I remember back in 95, it was actually one of the legendary producers, DJ Screw, was found overdosed from opioids. And he was only in his late 20s. Now, that time was a devastating loss, and people kind of knew about opioids and weren't really too clear on really the dangers. But as time has progressed, it's been shown how dangerous opioids can be, can be you can be excuse me, when they're used inappropriately. Now, of course, um, if those who are familiar with hip hop and those who aren't, um, a lot of people abuse a substance known as lean, which is actually an opioid but in a liquid form. Now, lean is one of those drinks that was popular in the South, especially in Houston, especially because of you know a lot of hip hop artists were promoting it. And back then, it wasn't considered, you know, something that was mainstream. It's more of a niche product. But now, I guess due to the popularity of the music and the overall culture, it seems like lean, which is, again, a very strong liquid opioid, is gaining popularity worldwide. Because of this, it's believed that lean, along with other um, pharmaceutical-grade narcotics like codeine, Oxycontin, Percocets, and so forth, had been used more regularly, more regularly, by people who were just looking to get a buzz or feel good for a certain period of time. Now, this good feelings that you typically get from opioids is believed to be something that's actually it's actually something that's been known to be associated with opioids since it's really its inception. Now, before we kind of understand the relationship between humans and opioids. I think it's the best we go back into the history of opioids and how they really came about into the public kind of um, awareness. The first thing is that opioids are actually considered synthetic molecules, meaning they're created in the lab by scientists. Opioids, though, are actually derived from a plant known as the poppy seed. Poppy seeds were actually popular back in the early 1800s in China and Europe. But they were essentially brought here in the early 1800s, to, brought to America, sorry, to the early 1800s to kind of use, to be used as a easy and cheap painkiller. Now, apparently opium was becoming more and more popular in the mid-1800s, 
it was ultimately um, analyzed in the lab and eventually the, the active molecule that was believed to give opium its effects that people enjoy, which was euphoria, pain relief, sedation, relaxation. That active molecule was known as morphine, and that was actually discovered in the late 1800s. So once that was found, many drug manufacturers started creating medications and drugs that were actually designed to incorporate morphine into its active structure to give a stronger version of that opium that was used for so long. Now, funny enough, Bayer, which is something that a company that still exists to today, known for aspirin, but they actually were the first company that began manufacturing these morphine-based drugs. And that first drug that they created was known as heroin. Heroin is actually an interesting name because it actually got the name heroin because the scientists who tested and isolated heroin and really went through all the testing before they came to market named it so because they believed that the drug gave the users a heroic feeling. They felt they could do anything. They didn't feel pain as well, so I'm sure that led to a lot of trouble back then. And it's funny because they also promised that it was very non-addicting and it could be used regularly without any issue. Now, obviously, we know better now, but unfortunately, this was kind of promoted as, a, as you know, facts back in the late 1800s. Now, as we progressed and heroin became more popular and became more ubiquitous, it was then realized that heroin became or could be very addicting. Um, unfortunately, um, with the war and everything else, heroin became back into, into uh, regular use, faded away again as the war ended, and ultimately, it was believed that heroin was something that was extremely addictive, and by the early 1900s, it was actually restricted by the American government. Now, that, I say all that to say that opiates have been long, long associated um, with human beings, and it's nothing new. But unfortunately, despite its long um, use uh, by, by the human population, there's still a lot of misinformation and confusion as, supposed to, as to how opiates are supposed to be used and how they work and so forth. So opiates are very powerful because they work by certain, by many different ways. They actually bind receptors throughout the body, but especially in the brain. And this is how they cause that sense of euphoria that they invoke in people who use them. It also changes the brain morphology, meaning that after you use opiates for an extended period, your brain actually adapts to the drug in your system. Ultimately, will create a situation where if you don't have the medication in your system, it actually becomes distressed, meaning your brain. So because of this reason, opiates are one of those drugs that can be very, very dangerous if abused because ultimately your body becomes dependent on such a drug. And this happens with any of the popular opiates, be it lean, codeine, Oxycontin, Percocets, or other opiate-based agents. Because of this, the dangers of opiates are sometimes not obvious because dosages that were used maybe months prior could be very have very little effect on you as far as far as causing your euphoria or treating your pain after many months later. However, the primary effect that opiates can have on your brain doesn't really change. This is important because it's this effect that can make opiates very dangerous. Opioids in particular 
can actually stop your respiratory drive, meaning that if you use opiates too heavily, can actually cause your brain to essentially stop your respiratory systems from working, meaning you would just essentially stop breathing. And of course, we all know that air is important and oxygen is important to maintaining life. So if you're not breathing, you don't really have a lot of time to live. So because of this, opiates have really been discovered to be quite dangerous if used inappropriately, and hence the reason why a doctor was really recommended to be used or to be giving administered opiates because of the dangers. Now, because of the uh, beauty of the World Wide Web, which allows people access to every, each and every, anything they will hope to test or use, opiates are now becoming ubiquitous, meaning you can get them anywhere from anywhere with a click of a button on the internet. Now, of course, there's some overprescribing done by some of the providers out here who are giving excessive prescriptions to people, but ultimately, between the prescribers overprescribing and the internet providing an outlet for anyone to really access any drug to their heart's content, opiates have really never been more commonplace. Now, because of this issue of opioids being really everywhere, it's it's become very, very easy for people who want to get them to get them. And unfortunately, people who are addicted have never had easier times getting access to those drugs. And I think this is part of the reason why we have a significant epidemic, so to speak, because people have been using these drugs and eventually have become more and more addicted. And now the side effects of those high levels of opiates in the bloodstream are now causing people to pass away and I think because of this more information needs to be put out there so people can understand the dangers some of these medications are using and figuring out ways people can start to try to wean themselves off of them as well as find alternative treatment patterns now um, obviously we talked a lot about how opioids work and history and everything else um, but we're at the break here so we got to stop for this part of the show on the flip side of the show we're actually going to talk about ways we can actually try to help people who suspect they or who you suspect may be addicted how to identify those who may have addictions and if you are someone who may be suffering from opiates the ways you can potentially look for um, methods to treat your addiction also we're going to talk about some alternative therapies as well so please stay tuned we have some exciting info to give out so please keep that dial fixed thank you Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Health of Wellness Connection podcast. It's your host, Dr. B, again, with another hopefully informative and exciting episode. Today's topic, again, was about opiates, and we're talking about opiates and their devastating effect on the community at large. Now, the thing about opiates, opiates is kind of the generic term that we use in the health industry, but obviously opiates aren't known by that simple, more boring term in the streets, if you will. Opiates come in many different forms. As we discussed before, the the main ingredient is morphine. That's what kind of binds them all together. But opiates have lots of different names. I mean, you have lean, which is a popular drink that's mixed with soda and codeine syrup, also known as scissorp, another famous name for that deadly concoction. We also have pills, which people like to pop all the time, that are opiates are usually consumed in. Usually you can get Percocets or Perkies as they're commonly known on the streets, as well as 
Vicodin and Demerol and other, even though Demerol is an injection actually, I should say, but there's plenty of pills and liquid concoctions that all have opiates in them. The reason why opiates can be so, so deadly is that again, they can depress your respiratory drive. Meaning that if you take too many of them, you literally will stop breathing. And it's because the opiates can directly stimulate the brain's centers that actually affect your respiratory drive and can essentially stop it. This is even worse when opiates are combined with other sedatives like benzodiazepines or muscle relaxants or alcohol. So opiates can be extremely dangerous and for many reasons opiates should be used very carefully. And now of course like we said earlier opiates are usually supposed to be given under the direction of a physician. However due to the internet opiates are pretty much everywhere at this point. And of course over prescribing doesn't help either. The one thing we don't talk about a lot is the influence of music the industry. Now some people will say that popular artists who go on and on about they how they love opiates and everything else are part of the reason why opiates have gained popularity actually despite the deadly history, history that they have. But others would say is it potentially people who are already addicted to opiates gravitating toward music that kind of promotes interest that they already have? hard to say but there's definitely some blame to go around to everybody now unfortunately i do have some antidotes that i want to share with you guys regarding some opiates and it's really kind of pretty typical of how opiates are really affecting people unwittingly we already discussed how popular musicians have passed in the past and recently due to opiate overdose but there's even you know i've had a couple stories again being that i am a ER doctor by night. I've, I've seen a lot of things, especially at night, because as the popular song does say, the freaks do definitely come out at night. And unfortunately, opiates are a big part of the reason people are having issues. I remember one time when I was a young doc, and it was a case of four different people came in. They were found, actually, luckily. And this is one thing that we'll talk about later, about how you can prevent someone from dying of opiates. It was four people, and they were all actually breathing about two times per minute, which is pretty low. You want to be breathing at least 12 times per minute if you want to keep your your oxygen levels up and be alive, basically. But when you're breathing that low, it's not compatible with life. So luckily, there was a friend who stumbled upon these group of friends who were getting high together and got carried away. And what had apparently been going on is that there was some illicit batches of heroin in the in the streets at that time that was actually mixed with fentanyl. Now this fentanyl lace concoction was something that the drug users at the time were not used to. So they were taking the normal dosages that they had been taking with their previous batches, but this new and quote unquote improved batch of drugs they had gotten their whole hands on was significantly more potent than what they were used to. Their typical hit that they were used to apparently was way more powerful than their bodies could handle and essentially it shut down the respiratory drive now these guys were actually lucky because again the friends stumbled upon them discovered them actually not breathing immediately called 911 911 then brought them to the emergency room where I and my team found them and we were able to resuscitate them relatively easily thankfully opiates do have a very simple way to be treated we do have an antidote known as naloxone which can be given to people very quickly and they tend to respond and immediately come out of their restored depression. 
now this drug is actually being proposed to be being placed in public areas so that people can use this and give it to people that they see could be overdosing themselves or showing signs of overdose. So this is something that again, many uh, communities are trying to adjust to to try to prevent some of the excessive deaths that are being caused due to opiate overdose. And they had another friend who told me about another unfortunate situation of a addict who was seen driving and apparently the car just kind of pulled over the side of the road and passerbys had noticed the driver was completely unresponsive. Apparently the passenger had passed out and was also breathing like two or three times a minute. Looked like the patient was in a coma for that matter. A few people had stopped by and tried to arouse the patient but without success. It was later discovered that the patient also was drunk as there was an open can of alcohol in the car at the time. Thankfully, um, a, a quick-thinking passerby called 911 who were dispatched to the scene and this patient was resolved, or sorry, was reversed and did okay. Now, those are actually cases of patients who did fairly well, but the sad reality is people who are abusing opiates, especially from illicit sources, like local drug dealers and so forth, may not be in a situation where they could be monitored or potentially discovered if they do overdose. This is what makes opiates very deadly. Especially when they're combining these street drugs with other prescription drugs they may have gotten in a legitimate fashion, combined with alcohol. They're literally conducting a medical experiment with their own bodies. And unfortunately, death is a lot of times the result. So you got to be very careful when using opiates because while they may give you that brief sense of euphoria, it could be the last heroic feeling you have before you pass. And that is definitely very unfortunate. Now, you may be thinking, okay, we know about opiates and everything else, but how do we identify someone who could be addicted? Like, what are the signs that we should be looking for? Well, the thing about opiates, you should be, you know, there are some signs you can look and use when you're looking at patients, or you're looking at yourself for that matter, and question whether or not you are, may not be addicted. And there's some things we can discuss. So let's talk about some of those things. Now, one of the things you can look for when someone, if you're addicted or you think someone might be addicted, is whether or not they're using drugs long after they're no longer needed. If you see someone think complaining about a twisted ankle from five years back that's still causing them pain, that they're needing high, high doses of opiates for, they're probably addicted. I know I've seen patients sometimes come to the ER complaining of a car accident injury that they sustained five, four or five years ago yet they're still taking extremely strong medication for pain. Now, of course, chronic pain exists, but ideally, um, we should try to wean ourselves off of the strong medication, especially opiates, just because of how the body can potentially change and become dependent on them. So that's one thing you should be look, look out for, people who use medications for extended periods of time, longer than what's typical for certain injuries. Also, if you feel strange when the drug wears off, let's say you're, you're using your medications and when you stop using them, you notice that you have a lot of issues, you're shaking, you feel feverish, you're sweating, you just feel miserable. And that could be a sign of dependence, especially if when you start resuming the opiates, you feel better again. That's usually a classic sign of dependence and someone like that may, will probably need help actually. Or if you th spend a lot of time thinking about the drug, even if you're not on it and you're just fantasizing about the drug and when you can use it next and everything else, that could definitely be a sign of opiate addiction. 
you lost interest in things you like to do or you're having trouble doing normal things in daily life that you normally enjoy doing because of your obsession with certain drugs like opiates. That's probably another sign of opiate addiction. Or if you're borrowing or stealing for money to pay for drugs or neglecting important bills like rent or your child's school uh, fees or tools so you can buy your opiate fix. Probably a sign of opiate addiction. Or if you notice that your eyes are bloodshot or you're having shakes, tremors, or slurred speech, or you just don't do things you're, you normally used to do anymore, like just stop going to work for some reason, or just stop taking care of yourself, stop shaving, stop bathing, stopping doing things that will be considered normal routine behavior, that could be a sign of addiction. So it's very important that if you or one of your loved ones that you're close with, or even for that matter, you just know. It doesn't have to be someone you're close with. Just someone you know and you feel there's a significant issue with addiction. It's extremely important to seek help. Opiate addiction is one of those addictions that, while not life-threatening in the sense, meaning that if you don't take the opiates and you have symptoms, your body can usually compensate and get you back to normal. However, it could be a very miserable experience. So because of these horrible side effects of withdrawal, that many opiate addicts suffer from, it's very difficult for people to quit on their own or stop using on their own. So a lot of times it becomes very important that people who have trouble with addiction seek help with a professional. Now there are many groups and societies that are out there and here's one that I like. It's called the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. It's actually a government administration. You can check them out at www samhsa.gov they actually have a national helpline as well where if you have a loved one that you're concerned about or if you yourself are concerned about your addiction and you need help as well as free confidential 24 7 365 day a year treatment referral services you should check out this this organization they're very helpful and they do provide resources so you can find local treatment facilities in your area their number is 1-800-662-HELP Again, that's 1-800-662-HELP. If you know someone or you yourself may be battling addiction, please give them a call. And if you're interested in potentially other alternative ways to treat pain, please consider seeing an alternative medicine specialist. There are tons of different options that people have now discovered that are very helpful in treating pain that are non-narcotic medications for that matter. There are quite a few medications you can try, including anti-inflammatories like Motrin or Advil. We have also other pain medications like Tramadol, Ultram, and other mild narcotic or non-narcotic medications that are very, very, that have very, very low addiction potential. There are also other non-narcotic medications that are now gaining more popularity. States that have legalized marijuana have seen a significant improvement in pain uh, treatment in pain treatment with patients who are being prescribed CBD, also known as also known as cannabidiol, which has been found to be very helpful in treating patients who suffer from chronic pain, or at the very least used as an adjunct to typical or standard pain medications. And outside of prescription or non-prescription pills, physical interventions can also be helpful for treating pain, including massage, acupuncture, 
and even low impact muscle training exercises can be extremely helpful for treating certain types of pain, especially low back pain. So in a nutshell, opiates can be extremely, extremely dangerous and should be used with extreme caution. While it may seem cool when the musicians or whomever um, people in entertainment are using them, just know that many times these individuals who are promoting these drugs may not really have the actual knowledge of the dangers of involved in these drugs. So we have to be very careful when we're listening to our favorite artists and assuming that they're very well-versed on the substance that they're ingesting. Again, that hotline number for the National Helpline for the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration is 1-800-662-HELP. Again, that's 1-800-662-HELP. Please, if you know someone or you yourself may be suffering from opiate addiction, or any addiction for that matter, give them a call. It could potentially save a life. Again, this is Dr. B or Dr. Barry, or whoever we're going to call me. I'm pretty easy going. Thank you for joining us today at the uh, Health and Wellness Collection podcast. Hopefully, um, you learned something today, and if not, let's do this again. <laughs> we'll be on SoundCloud and iTunes. Thank you for participating in today's show. Please, any questions or comments, please reach out. We're also on YouTube, by the way. I forgot to mention Google, or sorry, search Health and Wellness Connection on YouTube. Check us out. Leave a comment. Definitely appreciate those. Again, email. If you have any questions, holler at me on email. Dr. Barry Health. That's D-R-B-A-R-Y-H-E-A-L-T. Dr. Barry Health at gmail.com. And of course, on Instagram, Dr. Barry MD. Again, thanks a lot for joining us today. See you next week.